I guess what I'm talking about is I'm, I'm frustrated that I didn't have access to these tools or even know about these tools when I was younger and that in a mainstream school system that these the awareness of even such a thing as meditation could exist didn't exist. Um, there, there was no class where you could learn how to sit really quietly and calm your mind or just rest or focus on a nice picture or close your eyes and listen to the the birds outside Just seeing my younger self in those videos reminded me of how I was feeling back then. And it wasn't always so happy as a kid. It wasn't always so nice. And I had a pretty good childhood. And yet there was still unhappiness around. There was still anxiousness and fear and insecurity uh, in my mom and my dad and also in myself and my sister. And where where did all of this come from? I, and I know it's sort of been passed down through the generations of of people not really being aware of their actions and how it's affecting other people, and also not even being aware of the pain that they they're carrying. But how can we expect to to deal with this if if we if we aren't aware of where this initial pain is, has come from and even how to deal with it, how to identify that it's active. And I just, just got incredibly frustrated thinking about all this because it's like no one wants to feel hurt. No one wants to hurt someone else. And yet we do it all the time. And I think we do it all the time because we just don't know what we're doing. We haven't been given the right tools. We haven't been we haven't been shown from childhood to identify how identify when we're feeling insecure, or when we're feeling anxious, or when we're feeling angry, and then how to deal with those feelings. It's okay to feel all of these feelings, but often we we don't know how to and that that's why it comes out in these angry outbursts or these frustrated looks or this impatience with each other and this causes us trauma it might not seem like much but it the smallest little thing can cause this subtle trauma that builds up over time and repetition if we're always mad at each other for certain things then this starts to build a pattern we start to believe that we're always inadequate in this certain area because of our past experiences. And I've talked about this this quite a bit in uh, in previous episodes, how beliefs are formed and how they affect our our thoughts and our feelings, how they dictate what they are. And you can probably hear that I'm a bit worked up about this because I'm just I really I'm frustrated that. 
you know, I, I've dedicated so much of my life to working out what is going on inside of me, why I feel certain ways, why I feel scared in certain situations and around around people. Why is it that I feel that way? And I thought I knew. I thought I knew it was because of how my mum and dad treated me. But at the same time, not just how they treated me, but also how they showed me how to live and all this. And now at the same time, in the past few days, I've been realizing that that's not always, that's not always so true, that there's, there's more to it than that. And I've just had one single perspective um, to interpret that from. And I don't want to just label something and act as if I know it. And realizing for myself, I'm still struggling and dealing with all of this, all of these insecurities and these fears. And that still, even though I've talked about it on the podcast, even though I've done a lot of work on myself and tuned in with myself and discovered all of these these emotional wounds that I've been healing, still I'm suffering from not accepting myself fully as I am right now. And and it's affecting the way I share, it's affecting my creativity, and it's affecting my relationships. And I thought I was past this. I thought I had learned everything. I thought I had healed all the things because I had been experiencing such fluid and flowing moments with with partners and also with with friends. And recently I've been reminded that that's not the case, that things aren't always amazing. It comes in waves, it comes in waves this the the healing process and we we come through a wave of of trauma or pain or something triggers our our old wounds and they come to the surface and then we start to look at them i mean they start affecting our life when they come to the surface so it's pretty hard not to look at them and i've always chosen you know i've chosen to take that pretty sincerely and begin to heal those wounds for myself and it, it, yeah, heal them instead of push them down and, and repress them, because I know how that where that leads. It's just you can you can do that and you build them up and up and up and repress them by just distracting yourself with other things like friends, music, podcasts, movies, TV series, food, sex, whatever. Um, you can numb them and you can push them down, but they still exist, and over time they sort of build up. Um, not for that to sound incredibly scary, but it's just natural if there's something there and you keep it there and then you add more things to it and then you keep it there. It sort of fills a space and gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it can't fit that space anymore. And that space being our internal psychological containers for these things or just the, the psycho emotional energy that we have to um, to process our everyday uh, experience of life that becomes so preoccupied with these old wounds and stuff that uh, it reaches a point where we can't do anything but 
pay attention to these wounds because they've just exploded. They've just overflowed uh, and br- uh, onto the surface of our experience. Just wanting to bring this back to my frustration at feeling like we don't have the right tools, we, that we're not taught to be aware of our thoughts and our feelings when we're young kids. And this is going to change. This is going to change because I know there are people out there who want this to change. I am one of them. And I want to dedicate what I'm doing to, to investigate that further. And I appreciate that we have to start somewhere, that this is a process, that even uh, evolution itself has come through a, a, a process where, you know, you, you can't get it all right all at once and that this is a process of refinement. But right now I feel like we are, I'll just talk about myself, I feel like I'm dealing with stuff that could have been preventable and th- that I, I just don't have the tools, that it's, it's, I know the work that has to be done but I just don't know how to do it all the time, that there are problems and emotional complexes that come up that of course can be healed, but I like I have to go searching for the tools first. And I guess maybe I'm being overly idealistic here about teaching kids how to uh, become aware of their own, their own feelings, but I, I think it's possible. I think it's possible, entirely possible to to teach our kids uh, how to how to learn this emotional intelligence stuff and and so before we can break these tools down and educate our kids we first need to discover what these tools are and already uh, if, through a few of the podcasts I've shared some of the most powerful tools I've come across so far um, a uh, big one that comes to mind straight away is uh, writing, using writing as a tool to get thoughts and feelings out of your head, out of your body, and onto the paper. Um, when I say out of your body, out of your head, it's just a way of expressing those so you can uh, see what you're dealing with in any particular moment a bit more clearly. And through this clarity, you can begin to realize certain things that you wouldn't have if you just sort of sat there and tried to dig and keep track of all of uh, the things that are making up your inner experience. Uh, It's a very hard thing to do, um, to keep track of thoughts and feelings and beliefs and all that all at once when you're just sitting there uh, with your eyes closed. That's, That's a very difficult thing to do, and so writing is just much more accessible. So I see writing as a very valuable tool um, for healing. The other one is meditation. Meditation, more and more people are coming on board with meditation. Um, I, I'm a listener of the Tim Ferriss podcast and he's interviewed thousands of, of industry leaders and masters of the, of their fields. So, um, and if, uh, most, if not all of the most successful individuals he's interviewed, have some kind of mindfulness practice 
And I don't see that as a coincidence. I see that as completely connected to what meditation has to offer. Uh, in my own experience, I've noticed that through a regular meditation practice, could be just 10 minutes in the morning, uh, up to 20 minutes in, in the morning. Well, really, there's no, you know, you just meditate for as long as feels right for you. But after a regular practice, I've noticed that I'm just more grounded, more stable, and things that would usually shake me or stir some kind of emotional reaction within me just don't even touch me anymore. And it's not because I'm superior or beyond all that. It's literally because there's more, I feel that the way I describe it is like there's more space in my head and in my body to just absorb things. And maybe I'll describe it like a really full room. So we're always working with a really full room that's kind of messy and things are everywhere. And we try and uh, do things in this room every day. Let's say, let's say it's a kitchen. The kitchen is full of like dirty dishes and uh, clean dishes that haven't been put away. There's uh, salt and pepper on the table. There's the, 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 the trash is full. And we're trying to cook something in this, in this kitchen and it's already so full that we can hardly move around and it's sort of getting in our way and the potential for us to feel stress, like things aren't really working out and for us to get frustrated is really, really high because there's just not enough space for us to do our thing. So in a similar way, meditation is like this. This is when, when we meditate, you can imagine that the process of, of meditating literally just, just, focusing on a particular thing for a certain amount of time. That's all it is. That's all meditation is. Don't let the name and the label uh, make it sound extra fancy or esoteric. It really is as simple as focusing on a, a point. And then when your concentration, when your focus wanders, you simply bring it back very gently with compassion back to the point that you... Uh, are focusing on that is all meditation is and there's various flavors of it there's various ways you can do that and explore the you know different techniques but at its core that is all it is and through that process there's a natural emptying of this messy space of this big space of this kitchen all the things get put away and 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 even once the things are put away, there's there's even more that is happening. And we start to get in touch with deeper parts of ourselves once all the stuff is put away and we start to really come into a space where our naturally flowing creativity can flow more freely and things like compassion and our tolerances for things that would usually um, upset us are much greater because we just have more space to play with now. There's, it's really hard to put into words how this actually works, but there's just more space to, to play with. And I've, I've had a regular meditation practice and I've also stopped a regular meditation practice. So I know how both feel and when I have come out of that meditation practice and I stopped meditating, 
probably a few days after that, things, this, this clutter, this noise, this, this space starts to get fuller again. And I feel like I can't think as clearly. And there's a subtle pressure that's building and building uh, with all the complex tasks I have to do during the day. Uh, everything from scheduling to Skyping with someone to cleaning up the actual kitchen, not the mind kitchen, but the actual kitchen. All of these tasks start to feel a little bit harder because there's there's less space for us to work with and we are still working with all the all the past thoughts and feelings from the day before are still with us because we haven't taken that time to just uh, be literally just be and let the body and the mind clear itself naturally like it's a natural phenomenon of the body and meditation so the the techniques all the techniques you hear about uh, if you're going to try meditation are are tools literally just tools to come into this natural state of being so there's a number of different ways there's probably an infinite number of ways to come into this natural state of being but when you are there and there is nothing you have to do or try to do to get there and when you are there this natural clearing process starts to happen the body knows its natural state and it starts to prepare the mind and the all the the cells of the body for this this rest state and in this rest state that's when things start to feel calmer and and clearer and there's more clarity to our awareness and everything begins to feel easier so this is just one of the tools that i think would uh be incredible to incorporate into the early development of any human being in any country in the world and the side effects are zero and the benefits are incredible so that's just one of the tools that uh, that I think could help us live more harmoniously with each other and and deal with the wounds that we will in, uh, inflict upon each other and ourselves. But just being a human, you're not going to get everything right. So um, I think it's a natural part of the process um, that we are going to still experience some emotional and psychological trauma. However, having access, having knowledge that these tools exist makes it so much more immediate, the, the healing work that we can do. So I really am passionate about discovering the best and most effective tools to help everyone and to connect with the people that are already finding these tools and already know about these tools. I, that is a, the quest I am on. I care about myself. I care about other people tremendously and Really, I'm putting my heart and soul into this project because I can't, I can't not care about people. It's just how I am. I love seeing when people are happy and harmonious and working together and collaborating and feeling good about themselves and each other. That is just a beautiful thing. And I don't think we yet realize how much we can create and how beneficial 
those creations will be when we're working in a team where everyone's feeling good and healthy and happy and then they go home and there's a happy, healthy family that's really stable and knows how to talk about issues and deal with arguments and come, you know, resolve conflicts because they've been exposed to these tools from a very young age. So they're almost becoming second nature by the time they are parents themselves. And I can really imagine that. And that environment gives rise to such a high level of creativity and, and quality in interpersonal relationships that I don't think we realize how that actually would feel, you know, to come home and to feel completely like you accept yourself and that your family accepts you just the way you are. And that if you've had a hard day, that they'll be there to support you and they're ready and they're, they're, they have enough buffer zone because they have a regular meditation practice and they know how to, to, to rest in themselves without relying on other people to rest on them. But those hard days are still going to happen. We can't control every aspect and every facet of life and what it throws at us. So we're still going to have those hard days and coming home, any one individual comes home from school or from work. And then there's all these other family members to, to be there and to listen to how hard it was and the trauma and and just to support that person who's, who's going through that and to love them and hold them and to accept them. And they do that because that's the love and the acceptance that they're showing themselves. I know that this is... This, that this can be a reality and that there are families out there already treating each other in this way. Perhaps I'll go and find a few and and have a little talk with them just to see how they're doing it and what their upbringing has been like. I just want to let people know, uh, I, I did state this briefly in the previous episode, that I will be sharing much more from from myself and my journey, my sort of more direct insights and my experiences I'm having and going out and be, just being a little bit more raw with the discussions I have and and trying to present that in a way that's it's just nice for you guys to follow along and get something out of. So usually every week I'll present an idea and then expand on that idea and take you through my thinking on that. So that, yeah, and that could be with another person or just myself. So thank you for listening to this episode. I hope there was some kernel of wisdom or some kind of takeaway in there for you. Um, Very raw, very open, and we'll see if I even publish this. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, and I will see you next week. Thank you.